Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Peter or Pete Bersinger. He is a startup founder who runs Podscribe.com. Originally a podcasting listening app, they have pivoted a few times to arrive at where they are at now. He grew up in SF or San Fran, I'm guessing, uh, double majoring in math and electrical engineering and computer science from UC Berkeley. Post-college, he worked as a software engineer for five years before transitioning to sales engineering role in the ad tech space. After that, he co-founded Potable, a podcast listening app that grew to 200,000 users before pivoting. In his free time, he enjoys podcasts, fishing, hunting, jujitsu, skiing, triathlons, gymnastics, and country music festivals. Pete, thanks for being on the show. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me, Sean. Excited to be here. You have a lot of interests. <laughs> it kind of just started out. But um, I, I think it was serendipitous. So I was actually interviewing somebody, um, Jen Eads, from episode 84 of the podcast that morning. And all of a sudden, two hours later, I get an email from you talking about Podscribe. Looked into it. Now it's the, it's the official transcription service for Converge Coffee, just to let everybody know. Um, and there's going to be more some more info um, later on in this episode, um, as well as in the show notes and, and transcription and everything. But kind of want to start out, and it's, it's the question of why. You know, why did you start Podscribe, and how has it evolved since the the first? I think the MVP of the first iteration. Yeah. So it's actually I think the why has evolved o- over time. How I got started, I actually sort of felt like I got a little bit dragged into the startup thing without really knowing what I was getting into or what was really going to come. I was, I was working in an ad tech in, in New York um, at, at a company and another sales engineer on the team was mentioning how he was doing some work on podcast transcriptions to analyze them, to figure out what topics were in them to then recommend similar podcasts to listeners to help them discover new shows. So I thought that was pretty interesting and offered to help him out since I had a bit more programming experience. And then we, it it sort of went from that to us raising a little bit of money to then leaving our jobs to go build that. And I, I felt like actually at the time I was for better or worse, a little, I I mean, it it sounded like an interesting opportunity for me and I, I I liked it more than the job and I liked the freedom and everything, but I, I guess I wasn't, I was a little bit half in and half out. And I think though the motivation to stick with it over time grew as we tried more and more pivots. And I I did find that I did like being able to, you know, the the ability to try to create something on our own that could make make a difference um, in, in the space. So I think that's, grown as a reason um plus also i i find it you know exciting to be able to kind of tackle various things and and build them on my own um which sometimes it's some bigger it depends on the company but sometimes it's a bit difficult at you know at bigger companies to have as much independence cool so interesting like that you got into podcast podcast transcriptions just as I like how you call it dragged into a startup <laughs> um, almost. And um, I've kind of noticed really um, just kind of the first things is that you really listen to your audience. You really listen to your customers um, and kind of dialing in on um, transcriptions specifically for podcasters. 
And so, you know, being an engineer, kind of seeing the the lay of the land of how things kind of evolved since then, you know, how do you balance tech improvements while delivering great customer experiences? It's definitely a challenge. Um, And I, I think it, you definitely, you know, you can't do all obviously one or the other. And a lot of things, it, it seems like that the customers say like, usually they're, you know, good at identifying a pain point, but obviously not all the time. They're going to tell you exactly in the right way, what they would like better. A lot of times it's building it and testing out and th- giving it to them and then seeing how they react to, to certain things. So I think we've, whenever, I think that we kind of go in phases where we're really listening to customers to try and hear what's broken or what or what's working. And we, we take that in and then we sort of soak it in and then decide, okay, we're going to build this. And then we, you know, go at, go and focus on building it and then put it out there and then see the reaction to it. Um, so for instance, when we started about uh, the, the pause scribe, or you know the actual service that it is today when we released it uh, about a year and a half ago it was actually just transcriptions alone we would just email them to to the podcaster as soon as their episode was published but then people started asking well what if i want to edit my transcript like and we're like well you could use word but then we you know we figured it would be it was kind of a, an important piece to add an editor to it based on you know what people just kept asking over and over again and we totally agreed on that and then another thing is we noticed that people once they got the transcripts were always trying to figure out what to do with them and how to put them on their site so we thought you know well on our site we you have this thing where you it'll you know interactively highlight the word that's playing you can click on it and search through so what if we just made that embeddable on their site and then so from there we kind of solved that problem from hearing you know, so many customers ask like, well, what, what's like the best way to use them? How should I get them on my site? So, and I think it actually, it definitely gets easier to build. It seems like the, the right products, the more customers um, or podcasters we get, because we get more, it seems like we get more feedback on what people want and what's working. And it's always, it seems like it's easier once you have the initial relationship with customers like podcasters to then introduce them to a new part of the service, as opposed to just totally getting a new customer to use the other part of the service. So I think it, it seems like it's been getting easier um, for, to build useful features and have them be successful right out of the gate, the more um, customers we get. So it's definitely, it's definitely a balance. And, and for the customer service, we always, it's always been a priority to try to respond as quickly as possible. But I think that's also sometimes I think for growing startups, that also is a balance because everybody, you know, every customer wants to be responded to as fast as possible, but say though, if that takes away from engineering's time to, you know, deal with a minor one customer thing, it take it delays the launch of a feature that's going to improve everybody's experience by a couple days or, you know, even some amount of time, it's a trade-off. So we're trying to find the right balance of that, but, you know, both are all definitely priorities, just a, a balance. I like that. And I mean, I like that you're kind of talking about um, the growing pains with a startup or growing pains with an early stage company that you, you don't have 
the resources or the manpower or woman power um, to kind of get everything done. But the thing is, is that I, I love the services that you provide right now in the sense that you are have already listened to your customer base initially and are adding features to that specific audience because you've already established it early on. That was the hardest part. So I love that. Um, and it is a trade-off. So talking about 2021, kind of starting the year out, um, what's the most important thing podcasters need to focus on this year? You know, as a person who is, you know, building a transcription service for podcasters, what have you kind of been noticing um, out in, in the sphere as podcasting has become a lot more popular? Yeah, so I don't know, always everybody take you know, take this with a grain of salt because I we just started our own podcast at Podscribe. We obviously talk to a lot of podcasters, but we're actually fairly new in the production side of things. So this, you know, might not be the most answer, but I think one, it obviously depends a lot on what you're doing the podcast for. Is it for fun? Is it to educate an audience on something? Is it to, you know, make money? I, I think it seems like almost, you know, everybody's, podcasting almost it seems like the most universal goal podcasters have is to just grow their audience which i which i totally get so one sort of trend i've seen that i think people are picking up on more and more is just to be every everywhere um and by that i mean like obviously on youtube i mean on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube the web so i, I heard a stat that YouTube is actually the number one place podcasts get discovered. And so, you know, there's different ways you can optimize it for that by splicing it up, but that's just one example, but also putting your content on the web as well, then makes it accessible for everybody searching on Google and makes your content, you know, available for people who may want to read it or ex access it in other ways. So instead of specifically thinking of yourself as well, I'm just a podcaster. It's more of, well, you're a content producer and the podcasting is one of the main ways to access it, but there's a lot of other ways that people access content. So if you're making it, you might as well make it, you know, as widespread as possible. Um, so I, I think, I, I think that people are doing more and more of, and I, I think that's definitely helpful. I, I've seen a lot of other uh, services pop up where they'll take your, your, episode and actually, you know, write a decent blog post for you. I think for SEO purposes, a blog post is better than the transcript, especially if you have in certain headers, um, like, you know, header highlighted in the HTML, put in actual header tags, because it can clue in Google a bit more on what are the important keywords and phrases. So I think there's things you can actually go to that we're actually starting to work on too, in terms of posting um, the transcript on the page to make it even better for SEO purposes. But um, yeah, I think just focusing on getting, you know, not limit like having podcasting be the main point, but getting your content out in as many platforms and places as possible. I like that perspective. And, and I've noticed that too, is kind of being everywhere, like Converge Coffee, we're on 21 different networks, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple, like you name it, we have it. But I like the perspective of everybody thinks that podcasting is the begin and end all of, you know, how are we going to make money? A lot of companies are going into this because it's a new stream. 
But I like how you step back saying, think of it as more of a content producing, you know, think of it as another channel, think of it as how to, and even you added how to bridge gap with, with blog posting and SEO, which is very important too. So I, I appreciate that. So no more grilling questions here, Pete. Um, if you want to share a story, offline background, even if it's on Podscribe, you know, something that's inspirational, something that you have, I mean, you mentioned a lot of pivots. If you kind of want to go into a little bit more deeper, um, you know, storytelling in the sense of adding more content to this episode, you know, what kind of story comes to mind for you? Sure. Yeah. What, um, what could be interesting is just how we evolved from a podcast listening app to where we are today and where we think we will, will go. So we, we actually, yeah, we've been around our, the company official company name is potable and we were incorporated in 2017 actually, which now kind of sounds like a while ago. Um, I think we even, we started work though in 2016, but when we started analyzing podcast transcriptions to provide recommendations, we, you know, then figured the best place to put them would be in a listening app. And so we built a listening app and it, it actually turned out that although podcast apps may seem simple, they're kind of a, a, a real pain to build since there's so many little things that just like have to work right. Like the auto download feature and playing on all these different devices. There's all these weird quirks. So we, we built an, a, an app that was available on all platforms. And actually, I'm obviously a little biased, but I think the recommendation engine did work fairly well. And I, I think better than almost any other one I've seen. But what we sort of realized was that podcast apps are more or less a commodity these days. Some are a little better than others. I like Overcast, but more or less the features are pretty similar and that the differentiating factor, the main one is exclusive content. Our, our recommendation engine was was good, but it maybe we just didn't market it enough or we, it was never enough of you know a, a huge driver to just drive in significant fractions of or significant amounts of listeners. So we realized we should go down the exclusive content route, the route you see, say, Spotify doing buying Rogan for a hundred million or all these other networks. Um, it, it's sort of that same strategy. So we started to produce a couple shows on our own, some of which are actually still doing pretty well today um, on, on their own. But as it turned out that we weren't really production and talent people, we were more on the tech side of things. So we, we bumped heads with the, the talent. It, it just didn't work out well. So we dropped that path, but then we were left with the transcription engine and some podcasting experience. So we figured, well, how could we, you know, what maybe could we do with this transcription engine? So from there, we tried a number of things, such as licensing the engine out to, various hosting companies actually, but I think we weren't quite big enough. And there were just a couple issues where it just didn't take off from there. So then we thought, well, maybe what we could do is we'll just transcribe some of the popular podcasts and who would want who would want them the most? Maybe well how about deaf people? Because most podcasts don't have transcriptions and deaf people, you know, they can't access them. So they might be 
really interested and willing to pay. So we did that. We got a, some deaf people checking out the site, but I think there was a couple issues with that one. I don't think there were enough, and maybe we just didn't find them as well as we could have enough deaf or hard of hearing people who really wanted it. And also the transcriptions were done by AI. So it wasn't even a great experience. To, it was, they were like 90, 95% accurate, but it wasn't a great experience to read. And also, even if the transcript was perfect, it's not always a great experience just to read a transcript um, of a podcast. So there was that. And then I think there were also potentially some legal issues for charging for other people's transcripts, um, some copyright issues, which didn't even realize at the time now definitely, definitely do. So there were a number of issues, I think with that, but then after that, we realized, well, maybe instead of just listeners, what about podcasters who might be willing to pay, you know, for their own transcripts, if we can make a couple tweaks that could help, could make it the service tailored to podcasters, because there's a number of great transcription services already out there. But I think one thing that makes us unique is that we're very focused on podcasters. So we'll automate the transcription as soon as your episode is published. We've got eventually built the SEO friendly transcript player, have a search widget where fans can search through all the past content. So we made some assumptions that the the, the customer would be a podcaster. So that'll let us do a couple somewhat, I think, unique things. So we start, so then we went down that path more. And then after that got started earlier this year, we also started analyzing some of the top shows to find where brands were spending in podcasts. So as a business intelligence tool for brands in, in the space, we've released that earlier this year. So now we've got some agencies using us for business intelligence. And up next, we're actually looking at ways to combine the two. So perhaps a way to, you know, to connect advertisers to podcasters. We're looking at ways um, that we could do that to help both parties out. So I think that could be, you know, what could be coming down the road next. I like that. I like the step-by-step of, I mean, you're analyzing your audience, but you're also looking at from a perspective of what's already been done out there. Um, So yeah, I think a lot of people are like overcast. What, you know, what that, I mean, there's, there's so many podcast channels out there. I mean, there's, there's more than 21. There has to be at least 50 or more uh, where people are listening to. So Pete, thanks for kind of sharing that, that background of, you know, audible to, to podscribe. I think it's kind of cool. And I, and I, and I'm looking forward to that combination between advertising podcasters when you start um, diving into that, because I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity to, to reach people who are listening, reading, however they're digesting content. That's just another avenue to making sure that um, it's the right kind of content and it's relevant for the right kind of advertisers too, if people are interested in. So you know, enough about, you know, stories, Podscribe, it's about you. This is part of the episode where, um, you know, Pete, why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning and think Podscribe? Why do you work on engineering something and, and building and testing and having several different pivots <laughs> in a matter of like five or four or five years? Um, just to make as much money as possible. Um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like doing well financially is always part of the equation. But I do really um, 
as I was mentioning, the why has kind of been evolving more, but I really like the idea of building a, a tool that is innovating in the podcast space where it, I think the podcast space is really unique and special in a lot of ways, but I think in other ways it's somewhat in the stone ages. So I think I, I, it's, it's really exciting to be, you know, building a tool that's pushing that attempts to push some of the technological boundaries and bring the space forward and also just deal with a lot of people and be directly helping them grow their show or find the right shows to, to advertise on. I think that's actually increasingly rewarding when we're able to actually help people solve their, their issues. Um, So we, we've been trying to focus, you know, obviously as much on that as, as possible to be as useful as possible to the customers. So yeah, I think sort of all that combined would make sense. Like that being, I mean, being as useful, you know, for, for the customer, I think that's kind of, you're, you're being a guide for them to kind of help them out. Um, through, you know, I think the transcription kind of journey and the, I think it's a content building journey, to be honest. So what do you do as for a hobby? What do you do? And, and even health wise, you know, what are your, your hobby and health? We, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in, in the bio when I read that out, but you know, why do you choose, you know, certain things to help you recharge and then what, you know, helps you, you know, stay healthy and stay the peak of your abilities each day? Yeah. So I, I constantly try to push maybe too much, how much I can work to the maximum <laughs> right now, honestly, I, and I always kind of exceed the line a little bit and then kind of feel like crap. Um, but to I, usually for me, the the balance, which has actually worked out pretty well, is wake up in the morning and then work out in the middle of the day, ideally outside with some kind of gymnastics weight, you know, 45 minute to an hour thing where I get some sun, fresh air, and then recharge and come back and work later later in the day um but i i do find some days i'm always like tempted to to skip the workout and usually i will once or twice a week and al- almost always i regret <laughs> skipping it but i do find when i when i do i can work almost all of the rest of the day for now i mean i don't think it's that's super sustainable all the, all the time you know when i have a family and stuff later but i find the definitely the personal energy is I think almost the most important thing to to track and monitor because if you're when on days when I'm dragging when I didn't get a good night sleep or I'm hungover or something that everything is just bleak and the work quality is just way, way down but when you know I think you've kind of dialed in the, the personal energy and health and you're you're feeling good that's like a a foundation for doing everything else on top of it um, just because you're so much more effective and have so much more energy. So I, I think overall in the past decade, I guess I've been pretty good about always prioritizing some physical activity to recharge since it's so easy just to sit there all day and try to work. But, and it's always really hard to prep to try to pry myself away from the desk when I'm like, oh, I need I need to work out. But then once I do and I'm like get the the workout in, I'm like, oh thank God. Like I was like, I need I needed that. So I I think it's tough, um, especially with you know gyms and stuff being closed. But I do think 
before you people try any endeavors like a business or anything, making sure and keeping track that your your health is pretty solid in your person and you're feeling good. I think that's a higher priority um, just because it'll be so much more effective if you're able to you know, have that be working right. Pete, yeah, I like that. I like that perspective. I mean, your, your personal health is, is kind of the most important thing. Uh, Pete, thanks for, you know, being on this episode, talking about, you know, Podscribe, its iterations. I think the biggest thing to come out of it um, is content being a content producer, kind of also being a kind of a media company, but having access to that content. You know, how are you reiterating the product in order for people to be accessed as well as produce it? So as well as, you know, talking about, um, you know, over the last five years, how Podscribe has evolved. I mean, evolved audiences, evolved features involve tools, but also kind of staying true to that, um, that core aspect of accessing the content. And um, Pete, yes, thank you for sharing about you. I mean, we all, we all want to make money. Um, but it's also, <laughs> we also want to, you, I think you're interesting in how you want to evolve in, in such an innovative space, but also such an archaic space as um, podcasting, how, how are you going to bridge that gap? And um, also, um, I can also see that you, you do push yourself to the max, but I think you're, uh, you have a healthy understanding of um, a good way of, you know, kind of trying to figure out that balance and, and keep, I, I mean, you're, you're just constantly testing. So to, um, thank you for being on this episode. Yeah, no, I, had a, I had a great time, Sean. Thank you. Same here. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap. <laughs>